What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF, the Fast House, and of course, uh, MX Pro Parts. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, he is a repeat offender on the podcast. He's been on a number of times, but it's been almost a year since we had him on last. Jammin' Josh Fariz, the 24 in your program. Uh, actually, probably more likely the 63 in your program if you watch Loretta's. Uh, but number one in your hearts, John and Josh, how's it going? How's it going? Doing good. All right. On. I'm looking forward to chatting with you, my friend. It's been too long. Uh, and uh, you've recently gotten back from, obviously, the biggest uh, amateur race of the year, of the of your season, uh, Loretta Lynn's. Um, Maybe not the uh, the overalls that you were looking for, but some good moto finishes, and of course your patented hole shots. You're always good for at least one of those at, one, at some of these events. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, before you get into Loretta's, tell me a little bit about your 2017, your prep, and uh, and how, how much work you've put into uh, your 2018. Yeah, 2017 um, went good. Uh, at Loretta's, I, if I can remember, yeah, I got... In Mini Senior 2, I got second overall, and in Super Mini 2, I totally forget what overall I got, <laughs> and then um ready for Monster Cup, and had a little mishap on the Supercross track, and ended up breaking my wrist pretty bad, and wasn't able to race Monster Cup, just wasn't healed yet, and just wasn't ready, and I wanted to play it smart, you know, not rush it, so we took our time, um, wasn't able to make uh, mini O's, wanted to just uh, be smart and just come back strong. And then uh, the beginning of 2018 was good. Uh, it was the first year that they started the amateur Supercross day. So I did that at Anaheim 2 and um, went to Daytona and did pretty good there. Still wasn't the overall results I was looking for, but I raced school by one of on my suit mini. I was originally going to do it on my 125, but just Switching back and forth to the bikes on how tight of a track it was was kind of hard. So I just raced school by one of my super mini, and then then I headed to Freestone, 
and race schoolboy one there too as well but i ended up getting a 125 because it was more of a open track so it's easier to switch back and forth to bikes and it was fun for sure it was cool racing against um big bikes like i've never raced at a national on a big bike so it was kind of fun and uh, i forget how i did there but um then went to the regional before or went to the area qualifiers and regionals and everything and won my regional i won all four of my motos and um so i was pretty pumped on that and then um i started training with randy lawrence uh which was he he was a really good help um he really helped me with all my endurance and gym and i started road biking with him which was uh really really good i've never rode bike before and it it's nice to kind of like it's something good to keep your endurance up like one day i think we did like 50 miles which was insane i've never done that many miles ever like in anything other than driving but um (laughs) yeah and then i also got my license this year which i'm super happy about that for sure and yeah the, the i think the first time i saw you in california you were behind the wheel of uh of your mom's uh truck or maybe there's her suv but either way surprised to see that you're uh you're a slight guy you're not a, a very big guy but uh you're you're getting up there in years my friend uh have you hit 16 yet yeah i'm a six i turned 16 in march okay yeah uh, i was a little bit late on getting my permit so i have to wait six i had to wait six months so then i got my license and people are like oh my god like how old are you i'm like yeah i stole my dad's truck <laughs> And I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I have my license. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And uh, a talented mini rider you are. And uh, I, I, basically, like for me, uh, I understand that uh, you'll be going to the like full, like you've been already putting some time on a 125. I think pri- uh, after a Monster Cup, it'll be uh, all always big bikes all the time uh, when it comes to your prep for uh, races in 2019 and beyond. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, Monster Cup will be my last race on suit minis because um, I'll be aging out of them this year. And I I could race them at Minios, but I kind of want to just get up to the 125. Like, I've been riding the 125. I feel good on it. I kind of want to start, like, focusing on that. I don't want to go back and forth to the bikes. I just want to focus now on 125s and suit minis will um, be done. But uh, I did... I I was thinking about doing minios on them, but um, it was just kind of like like I minios is usually like where you jump up to the bigger bike, you know. Mm-hmm. For like sure. Like when you move up bigger class, like that's what I did when I I raced sixty fives, and then uh, at minios I went to the eighty five. So it's kind of like like that's where everyone jumps up to their bigger bike. Um, but I know like I could stay in the class, but. Like I said, I'd rather just stay on one bike instead of switching back and forth, whatever. For sure, and, and uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, live that 125 life, uh, not too far off in the distance is that um, 125 race at uh, at Ironman uh, at the last national of the year. I think maybe we need to sign you up for that, big guy. Hey, yeah, for sure. Like I, I did see that there is the 125 races at the nationals. I'm for sure gonna. Hopefully they keep. I'm pretty sure that they're still going to have it next year, and so I'll for sure end up doing some of those because um, I bet it's a pretty cool. It's almost kind of like Mont Cup or Arena Cross, where you go and ride the same track as the pros, and you have the whole you know everyone that came specifically to watch the pros watching you as well. 
for sure. And for those who don't know, I believe this is your third year, uh, maybe you could even be your fourth year on the uh, Orange Brigade uh, KTM team, uh, like uh, in the, the different changes they've had over the years. You've been a part of that for uh, for pretty much uh, the, the last, uh, almost last half of a decade. Um, and you've had success. Uh, for those who don't know, you do have a, uh, a Loretta Lynn's championship to your credit, 2014 in the 65 CT 10 to 11 limited class, uh, besting uh, the such riders as uh, Nate Thrasher uh, and a uh, fellow, uh, actually I think both these guys uh, ride for uh, the, the um, uh, Orange Brigade team is uh, Matt. Max Boland as well. Um, tell me a little bit about the the program. Obviously, uh, next year uh, you'll be fit, fitting into a similar role that say uh, uh, Aiden Tierro's in right now, riding the one twenty five and uh, and sticking with two strokes, something you're more familiar with, but obviously a full size bike. Yeah, um, Orange Brigade's a cool program. Like it's one of the top of the line uh, amateur team, amateur racing teams, and uh, after. In 2014 at Loretta's when I won, I was pretty stoked. And I uh, was training at Milestone one day and got a little swapped out in a set of rollers and broke my collarbone. And I was healing up from that. And I was doing, like, schoolwork or something. And my dad got an email from Orange Brigade saying that that they, I got offered a ride. And I was super pumped. Like, Orange Brigade, I've always looked at all the riders. Like, dude, I bet being on Orange Brigade is so nice. Like, it's one of the top of the line Uh teens out there and orange Brigade's cool they have uh ob camps so they have one in the west coast which is usually after the spring nationals but this year it was during the a2 uh amateur thing so it was kind of cool like we got to pit under the ktm rig for the amateur supercross and then went to paris raceway the next the very next day to go and do the camp and then we also did just right before loretta's we did a ob camp east which was at Underground MX, which was super cool. They built a new practice track that we rode. That track was really rough. And then the next day, which was on the Sunday, we rode the main track. And they have some pretty big jumps on that track. And there was a big triple that was my first time hitting it. And it was pretty big. And But, um, yeah, but Orange Brigade is a super cool team. They support a lot of things, and I'm glad to be on it. For sure, and you've had a ton of success with it, and uh, and most likely more to come. Uh, how much do you look up to guys like Aiden, guys like uh, um, uh, Derek Drakes, and stuff like that? Obviously, uh, there are, you, you guys don't like moto down with each other every single day, but uh, they are your kind of teammates, so to speak. Uh, I'm sure you, you get a little bit of contact with them uh, throughout the year. Obviously, uh, they come to your house quite often. Uh, the fact that you literally live at Milestone MX, for those who don't know, uh, that's pretty cool in and of itself. How much do you uh, like kind of look up to some of those riders just ahead of you in that program? Yeah, actually, um, Randy Lawrence trained, uh, Derek Drake trains with Randy Lawrence, and I started training with Randy, so me and Derek are pretty much training partners, and um, so it's pretty cool to train with, you know, Derek, because we have OB camps, we train together, obviously, and then uh, when we come back home, we train together with road biking, uh, uh, motos, and gym workout, everything like that. And um, so yeah, it's pretty cool to have another, like, he used to be on Orange Brigade, and I think once you get onto the big bike, like the 250, um, TLD, like, you kind of, like, that's, like, the big bike. Like, once you jump up to the big bikes, TLD looks at all the riders 
that might be, you know, good for that spot or whatever. Um, so he went from Orange Brigade up to TLD, and he's already a rider, and I believe he's going to be, you know, he's jumping up to pro pretty soon here. He's yeah, dominating in, everything in, in A-class. Three, three days' time, uh, he's, he's he'll be racing this weekend in Bud's Creek, uh, him and Mitchell Falk, if I understand. And, yeah, they have almost like a little farm system, similar to what they do in uh, professional sports. Uh, whether it's hockey or, or uh, baseball and stuff like that. they got like, almost like a minor league uh, coming up before they hit pro. And, uh, yeah, exactly that. Uh, got guys like him are part of that program. Most likely uh, it's something that you probably want to be a part of someday as well. Um, what does your uh, week look like? Uh, maybe not this particular week, but uh, an average week for Jam and Josh Freeze. Uh, where are you riding? How much are you uh, doing like on the bike, off the bike? Uh, I, you're 16, so you're probably still doing schoolwork uh, as well. So like, kind of what does your week-to-week look like for you? Yeah, um, right now I've uh, been back for almost, I think, Saturday will be one week that I've been back home. But um, I took, I think, yeah, about two weeks off from after Loretta's. I usually take like a little break after Loretta's just to kind of like, you know, just get back and chill and not get right back into things, just chillax and plus monster up. Like I'm kind of like, I want to get straight into supercross. I don't want to go and just ride on moto. Like I for sure will ride a couple laps on the motocross track before monster just because I know monster pretty fast. Um, that's what I usually do the past years is go out there and kind of get the speed back. And, um, but yeah, so the, I haven't, Mawson hasn't built their Supercross track yet, um, but I do know that they're moving dirt around and they're going to be building it pretty soon. So uh, once that thing gets built, I'll be out there training for it. And But my weeks in the past like couple months before Loretta's, my weeks were pretty gnarly. My schedule for the week is pretty hard for my mom to get any time off. or like I couldn't get any time off for my mom because my mom's making a dentist appointment for my braces. and She's like, like super frustrated that I don't have time to do anything like that because I'm always had a crazy schedule. Like I would wake up at whatever time for like the past two weeks before I left for Loretta's, I had to drive up to Carson's track, uh, which is way up in um, Adelanto, which is past Victorville. So that was a pretty long drive. So I had to wake up around pretty early to get up there. But luckily, um, we have a buddy that I've known since he was like 15 and he just started working for us in our shop and we decided to try him as a mechanic. And so it was pretty nice to have, like, I've never really had a mechanic before other than my dad, but uh, I've been driving myself to the tracks just because my mom and dad have been super busy lately. And um, so it's pretty funny driving myself to, to the track with the suit mini in the back of my truck. Um, but it was pretty cool to have like a mechanic, you know, and not having to worry about uh, doing the gas, tire pressure, scraping off the mud, like all I have to worry about is riding and getting my gear all situated. So it was pretty nice to do that. But um, my schedule was pretty hectic, you know, and then right when I'd get back home, I'd have to go straight to Menifee, to Randy's house and either work out or road ride or whatever. And it was just like a daily routine. No doubt. And that's not, uh, for those who kind of don't know the, the, um, landscape of Southern California, where you're at in milestone to get to Menifee is, Pretty much a straight shot, but depending on what time of day, it can be quite the drive, um, and and that's a, a lot. It's a lot of driving 
over and over and over again, but obviously uh, you're putting in the work to get the results you need and what you want uh, to, to get where you want it in the sport, obviously. Um, when it comes to like race, like uh, the, the practice bikes, uh, race bikes, like how different is your race bike from your practice bike? And to kind of get into that a little bit as far as um, like, cause people, people sometimes have a misconception, like some of you, like the amateur kids get like 18 bikes a year, something like, something like that or whatever, whatever. So like kind of get like, go into that a little bit if you can. Yeah. Um, the difference between my race bike and my practice bike, well, the 2018 KTMs, uh, the 85s, um, I got, a suit mini built by twisted development um and it ripped like it was the it was like one of my fastest suit minis and um that was my race bike and that was my only 18 i had so it was kind of risky like going to um the spring nationals and like that was my only bike like so if anything happened it was it was pretty sketchy um with motor wise but everything held up great it was good and then i ended up getting another suit mini built um, by Twisted. Uh, so now I was comfortable with two bikes. So one of them was my practice bike and the other was my race bike. So the difference between them wasn't too much because they're practically, they're like the same bike, except one of them has a different pipe that uh, FMF custom made. It, it's just a silencer, but it makes it sound like way, way better. But I do like my race bike better. I feel like I like flow on it a little bit more. Like after like a few laps, I start flowing good on it. But obviously my practice bike is the same way. Like that's the bike I ride every day when I practice. Um, but before with my race bikes, I literally rode my practice bike, which was a like a 105 kit. Um, so we didn't have to run race gas. And it was just 105. And that's the bike I rode up to the day of practice before the national. And then the day of practice for the national, I'd ride my race bikes and I'd feel like super off and just weird because it was a race bike and I never Stiffer ride it. Only it's, at, uh, it's a budget yeah, different things. Yeah. I only ride it at the national. So it's kind of weird, but now like, you know, I like to do at least a couple motos on my race bike before the, the national week even start just so I kind of get on it and feel it out and like know how it feels. But my practice bike and race bike are practically the same. Fair enough. Well, uh, good to see you're on uh, good equipment, my friend, and have been for a number of times. Uh, when it comes to the, the bike itself, uh, or like your engine work and stuff like that, um, does Orange Brigade have like uh, a set of sponsors that they hook you up with as far as motor work or is that up to you to like call up a guy like terry varner to like open up your two-stroke and give it some extra juice uh how does that work but i do know that orange brigade does set you guys up with a laundry list of sponsors uh in addition to uh ones that you have personally yeah orange brigade helps out a lot with like sponsors um they do you know they have fms uh pro taper um what else Pro Taper, Acherbys, Plastics, um, Motion Pro. So, like, every, like, once a year for the Orange Brigade camps, Motion Pro um, gets us new pit boards with their names on it and stuff, which is pretty sweet. Um, no big deal. And then a list of sponsors that Orange Brigade helps us out with, and it's really good. And um, 
Pro Taper is, like, really good, too, because before I would run just the stock bars. I wasn't, like, into, like, getting, like, aftermarket bars. Like, the stock bars were just fine. Um, but the Pro Taper bars are pretty nice, too, and their sprockets hold up really long as well. Well, there you go. And uh, so that kind of gets to the bottom of that. Um, plans going forward, obviously, you mentioned Monster Cup and then uh, setting your sights on uh, uh, on on uh, Minios or Minios or World Mini, which one did you say? Minios. Mini. Yeah, Minios. Um, like for like for those who don't know, you've been on Supercross for a couple of years now, at least two, if not three, uh, navigating the 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 arena cross track or the Supercross track at um, at Milestone. You maybe have gone to another one at some point as well. Um, how familiar are you with it? How comfortable? Uh, are you with Supercross as well as, uh, like, how quick can you kind of start to, um, like, get the track down? And uh, is it kind of daunting when you first get out there? Or, uh, like, does it, do you kind of pick it up right away again, as you, as you did uh, years previous? Yeah, I'm hoping uh, this year, like, so 2015 was my first year on, like, shoot, like, shoot mini, 85, anything. I raced 65s in 2014, and then 2015, I aged out. So, and then I got the invite from Cup and I was, I was just, like, mind-blown. Like, totally just, like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I remember watching it in 2014, watching Mitchell Falk win, and I was like, dude, hopefully I'll be able to do that one year. And, like, I, like, I was like, yeah, maybe in, like, two years. Literally then, the next year like, you're on the podium. Like, literally the next year I got invited, and I was like, holy crap. And I went out to the Milestone track, you know, Obviously, I was right there, and I went out there, and it was, like, I did arena cross, but it it was a lot different. It was kind of like, I don't know, I just, like, always went out to the Supergrass track and rolled around on it on my 65, like, oh, my God, I'm on the Supergrass track. Like, I can't even imagine hitting one of these triples. And then Mawson had, like, the MEC practice, and these Supergrass riders come out and start hitting the triples, like Connor Mullinex, which has done Monscap before, and he's, like, hitting these triples. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then everyone just starts sending him. I'm like, all right, well, I got to do it. And I ended up hitting the triples, which I couldn't believe, like, I actually did it. So that was pretty pumped. I was pretty pumped on that. And then I ended up getting third overall, which was, like, one of the greatest nights ever. I was so happy. And then uh, the next year, um... I trained pretty good for her. Like, I went out to the Supercross track, like, already knew, like, the concept and, you know, pretty much what to do and hit the triple the first day, hit one of them, and then the next one came, uh, like, a couple weeks after, or, like, the week after. And uh, my first moto in 2016 wasn't the best, um, but got third in the next moto. So got onto the podium somehow, but got fourth overall, um... So I was one away from the podium. But uh, in 2017, I was hoping it was my year to win it, but um, ended up breaking my wrist. And uh, But the track at Milestone that they had wasn't the normal Supercross track. It was the Geico test track that they had there, but Geico wasn't renting it at the time. Right. So that track was already ready, so they're like, you know, you can ride this track. And I remember watching the Geico guys hit this, their double, like their catapult, and I was like mind blown about how big it was i was like there's no way i would ever send that i was like there's no way i would ever hit that 
and there was like a weird step on step off before it and I wasn't getting a step on step off so I was like sweet it doesn't give me a chance to get enough speed for the double that's good with me so I don't have to worry about even thinking about hitting it and Nate Ramsey's like dude you can get that on off for sure and uh Carson Mumford was doing it and I was like yeah I know it's just it's just sketchy like I don't know and he's like you got it hit it the first time I'm like all right it's not bad second time I'm like dude I have to hit the double now like I have to I don't know yeah you're now you have to slow down to not do the double yeah so I'm like send it and the double like I I have it on my Instagram it's a video but like it was so big I, I it was the biggest double I've ever hit like ever and um so I was hitting that, and it was scary. Like, every time, the lip was, like, short and steep, so it was, like, like poppered, especially for a soup mini. But um, but I ended up breaking my wrist on this, like, step on, step on, step off. I just jumped a little too far on the first um, step on, so I wasn't able to, like, preload my suspension to get to the next one. Yeah. So I kind of, like, chased it and went off to the side of the track, and there was a huge hole on the side of the track and just went straight into it. And just, I think, just from the impact, it just snap my wrist but um hopefully this year i can go out and get the track dialed like i'm hoping this year i can get out there and within the first day hit the catapult for sure maybe one of the triples i know milestone they don't mess around with the triples they're like you know full send i remember in 2016 justin brayton and nick schmidt and all these guys were out there the first day it was open and I was watching them, and they were all sitting on this one triple. That was the biggest triple. It was like 80 feet or 85 feet. And usually a normal size scale triple is like about 75. Not even, 80, I think it's 67 like, feet. Yeah. yeah, it's like something like not big at all. And I remember Justin Brayton barely making it on his 450. Like he came ripping out of the corner like, gave it everything he got to make it, and he would still barely make it. And Nick Schmidt was like, screw that, I'm not hitting that. And uh, the next day was the monster practice, and I'm like, all right, well, I don't have to worry about hitting that triple because Justin Brayton barely makes it on a 450. And then they ended up pushing the lip in a little bit. I'm like, oh, all right, I got to hit it. <laughs> so I ended up hitting it. But So this year I hope to go out there and get the track dialed pretty fast and start training hard. For sure, my friend. We're looking forward to that. It's uh, coming down the pipe. It won't be long before you're uh, posting those Insta bangers of uh, sending those triples at Milestone. Uh, before I let you go, I know it uh, is a close one to your heart. Uh, normally, uh, we see you running the number 24 in uh, at Loretta's and pretty much anywhere else that we see you ride. Uh, but this year at Loretta's, uh, you donned the 63. Uh, which uh, holds a, uh, a special place in your heart. If you could explain that for uh, your fans a little bit, who uh, might not know why uh, you were running that number this last weekend. Yeah, um, my really pretty much my brother uh, Jay passed away um, about a year and a half ago, and that was really devastating and um, heartbreaking. But uh, this year, I chose sixty-three because I wanted to run his number and. Uh, I, I there you have to choose three numbers and I usually never get any three numbers I ever choose and I was like sixty three is open for sure like I gotta get it and when I got it I was like sweet like I can't wait to see what it looks like on the bike and it ended up looking sick and uh, it was pretty cool running that number. 
For sure. And, and there was a bit of a change for you. I think uh, Daxton actually was running the 24. I don't know if you guys are in the same class, but it was kind of, it, I, 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 like, it had double vision a little bit. I thought, I thought there was two uh, Varizes out there. But uh, either way, really cool tribute to a fallen friend of yours. I had the pleasure of meeting Jacek uh, only the, the one time. But uh, the kind of kid that just pulled you right in and uh, got you get to know him and he's just a heart of gold and we do miss him and uh, we 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 uh, uh, g- good vibes to his dad uh, Jimmy Jimmy Sloan who uh, is still uh, a, a big um, personality and, and uh, an influencer in Southern California motocross of course uh, having his hand in both Milestone and uh, Paris Raceway so uh, really cool of you to do that and uh, yeah that was. Um, perhaps one day, uh, maybe after your first rookie season or first rookie couple nationals, uh, by, by, by some stroke of luck, you end up with uh, national number 63, uh, at some point, or, uh, or maybe even by then, uh, someone's let go of the, tw- the, tw- the 24 and you can have that. Yeah. 24 is a really common number. Like let's I, th- have, I think Forkner uh, wants it. So you might be out of luck. Yeah. But I know in 20, um, 16, I got 24, but in 2015, I chose three numbers, and they gave me 29, and I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't know where they got that number from. Thanks, guys. And then in 20, yeah, and in 2017, they gave me 23, and I was like, wait, like, they know it's supposed to be a four, right? And, but, uh, yeah, they, so I didn't get my number last year, and it was kind of, like, odd that they gave me 23, um, but... I don't know. I wanted to get a Jumpman butt patch just to kind of like, because I don't know. I just wanted to have fun with it. Like, I mean, the number doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the rider. So, yeah. It's but, all yeah, transponders now. The, 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 the number plates could say anything on them because we don't actually do, uh, we actually don't do lap counting anymore. The, like, the only, the, the only thing that counts your scoring is a little, uh, electronic device that's attached to your bike somewhere. That like uh, the number plates are more or less for the fans at home to know who's who. And then of course at Loretta's nobody gets their regular number unless you're Dave, uh, unless you're Drake or uh, even a guy like uh, uh, De Francesco has to run 99. So it's 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 a big cluster. But uh, we're glad we're able to figure out who you were at the at the at the Loretta's and uh, really cool the story behind the number. Yeah, and I was also. Uh like tagged in one of Daxton Benick's or tagged in like a video that like showed Daxton Benick. Oh yeah. And for like sure. it was, that was so weird seeing 24 on his bike. Cause I was like, that's pretty sick. Like 24 actually looks like pretty dope. Like it flows good with the bike. I was like, that's literally what my bike looks like. Cause it's the same graphic. Yeah. Same everything. Like literally the whole bike was like, I could have taken those plastics and put them on my bike, except just the name on the front runner plate would have said, you know, Bennett or whatever. Yeah, yeah, But uh, yeah. it was pretty cool to see 24. And I got tagged in a video that he was in um, by someone that probably thought it was me, like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, another thing, too, that I wanted to mention, but yeah, I, yeah. I, it kind of keeps falling off, is I actually, we don't live at Miles anymore, but we oh, do really? have the shop there. We actually finally got a house. Really? You don't live in a motorhome anymore? Yeah, for the first time in eight years. We've been living in a motorhome for eight years, and we finally got a house. So. Wow. Um, yeah, Congratulations it's like eight, yeah, on I think that. Eight years. But, yeah, it's, it's so much nicer. It, it's right down the street from Paris, so we're still by a track. 
we're in Paris, so it's it's really nice having a room and TV and being able to put all my number one plates somewhere. Um, yeah, no kidding. I can't even it, imagine what you would have done with all that stuff when you're in a, a camper, not to mention probably having like four-minute showers for eight years in a row, if anyone can imagine that. Uh, yeah, and it's so nice actually taking a shower. Like, I've taken a shower at the hotel's friend's house, but like having your own shower and you know, being able to put your soap on a rack instead of like, you know, like on a little, like on the ground in a RV shower. Yeah. RV showers are so tight. You like barely fit in them. And uh, it's like, especially my mom and dad's uh, shower. It's so big and it's just so nice taking a shower, like in your own shower. And it's just like giant. No kidding. Things we take for granted and now you get to enjoy them. Well, Paris is a whole lot closer than Menifee. So I, I, I take back my uh, my kudos on your driving, but it is cool to see that you're uh, you're working hard with Randy. I might have to give him a shout uh, in the next coming weeks. I actually, might have to get your his information from you. Either uh, in fact, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I think we're gonna try and do some more amateur stuff uh, more often in the next couple of months and the years to come. So uh, you'll of course be uh, a repeat offender on that once again. But uh, as always, really appreciate the time, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm pretty stoked because uh, I know, like, I was like, when I was like, man, I've never gotten a, I haven't gotten a text from Brad in a while about the Big Mac thing, and I was like, you know, I might have taken a break and you hit me up about starting a new amateur podcast, and I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's gonna it's gonna be called Amateur Hour. And uh, I'm going to once a week call up uh, two amateur athletes, uh, whether it be yourself or uh, one of your teammates or, uh, or, or somebody else, to kind of get a, a better inside look at uh, the world of amateur racing. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, people can um, kind of be, become fans of you guys before you're under the bright lights of Supercross, which I no doubt uh, you, you'll be there. Because technically, at 16 years old, I know you're still in a super mini, my friend, but uh, uh, you could be lining up for these nationals. I don't know sure if you know that or not. Yeah, um, it's pretty crazy to think that in a couple years I'll be, or probably like four, three or four years, which will go by super fast in in a blink of an eye. It's like, well, it's already this time. Like, hopefully I'll be under a factory rig, but if not, um, it's going to be crazy lining up on the gates at, you know, Hangtown or even just in Supercross in general. For sure, my friend. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, and when you get up to the big time, I hope you don't cool guy me and forget who I am. I, ho- I hope that you still remember this Canadian guy that used to uh, uh, come by and, and ask for uh, ask for jerseys of yours and uh, have you on his podcast when you were uh, uh, one time when you were napping. And then I think the first time I had you on, you might have been, I'm going to say 14, maybe 13. So uh, Yeah, I remember. I still remember that day you called me, and I was, I, like, li- literally didn't remember picking up the phone, and then, like, <laughs> I totally woke up, Yeah. and it said Big Mac, so I'm like, wait, what is going on right now? And I was like, you're, like, talking? I'm like, wait, wait, hello? <laughs> like, I was sleep, like, I must have been sleep talking or something. No kidding. I wish I had that audio. I think I got rid of it, but uh, maybe I have to look back and see if I still have some some, some of that old audio from that particular interview, uh, or the one that you probably, you, I was present for, you weren't, but, uh, either way, um, this one was a good one, always a good interview, unless you're half asleep, 
Uh, Jam and Josh Fariz on the number 24 machine in your program. Check him out on Instagram and uh, for all of his Insta bangers when he's uh, th- tossing those triples and the, the, the catapults in Supercross coming up. Uh, I know you got a ton of great sponsors, my friend. Throw down that list for me if you have it handy. For sure. Uh, KTM Orange Brigade, my mom and dad, uh, my little brother, my whole family. Uh, let's see. Um, Dunlop, Factory Connection, Twisted Development, Achirbys Pro Taper, uh, Traction MX, Seat Covers. Um, oh, there's a lot of people. Yeah, uh, no, it's Nihilo Concepts, I can't think you my- name it. And uh, yeah, it's so hard not looking at my bike right now. But um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, Thor! I got. I'm actually not with Alias anymore. I'm actually with Thor MX Thor Parts Unlimited. P.S. I need one um, of those. I have a. I have an Alias jersey, and now I need a Thor one. Sure. Uh, I was just thinking about that too, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, just everyone out there. I know I'm. Um, Jimmy Sloan, JaysSloan.com, Free the Peeps, um, Paris Milestone, MX Pro Parts. Scott, 6D, Liat, Alpine Stars, and just everyone I didn't say thanks. Boom. That, that's, how to, that's how to throw it down, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, you have a great rest of your evening. Uh, as always, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Great. <laughs>